Okay, so last week we talked about forgiveness. Super important. Um, listen, um, if you didn't see me and Nick's uh, live stream, I encourage you to watch it on Facebook or YouTube. Me and Nick did a live stream uh, on Tuesday. Uh, we do this every Tuesday, so you know that way we don't leave you hungry through the whole week, but you have something to also look at. You know, so on Tuesdays at 10:30 a.m. we do a live stream, and it's normally um, normally for the most part we're talking about what God is speaking in the week and the message and and uh, what happened on Sunday. So so we kind of carried on to forgiveness. So answer some questions and, and got into some of those things. Uh, my point last week was this. Forgiveness is no joke for God. Like it is a serious, serious matter. It is not optional. I said that. And I know it's really hard, especially if you had a very traumatic situation. Right? Very, very traumatic situation. And, and listen, we've walked with people that have been in extremely traumatic situations. Unjustice like you wouldn't believe. But let me tell you. In every case, forgiveness is still not optional. Forgiveness is still the best thing for me, the offended one. Regardless of whether they ask for forgiveness or regardless of whether they, um, they have changed their ways. Regardless of that, forgiving is a serious matter to God. Right? So I want you to know I'm not just like, you know, saying this stuff without thinking of the really, 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 really bad situations. No, we are. But the Bible is clear about that. So that's really our, my point last week is forgiveness is not an option. But we cannot neglect the fact that many times, and, and you'll tell me if this has happened to you, many times you choose to forgive. You go, okay, I choose to forgive, right? But then you still feel the pain. You still feel the bitterness. You still run into them and run the other way. Anybody? Come on, raise your hand. Okay, you can be honest, right? It happened to me, right? I, I forgive because I know God forgave me everything. So with what face can I come up to God and worship him and have a relationship with him and still hold on forgiveness towards somebody, right? It's not okay. He forgave me of everything. No questions asked. He said, if you put your faith in my son Jesus, right, then he will justify you and he will make me righteous by faith. And so I am a righteous man by faith in Jesus Christ. And, and so are you. When you put your faith in Jesus, you become righteous. And he justifies you. He sees you justified, just as if you've never done anything wrong. Isn't that good? So that's how you can have a relationship with God. And so, you know, still remains the fact that you have a, a bad taste in your mouth about that person, that situation, that place, right? I, but I forgave. I just can't see them. You're probably right. You probably did forgive. And a lot of people question sometimes, like, I'm not sure if I forgave or if I didn't forgive because, you know, I still feel this stuff. So I need to forgive again. No, listen, you forgive not out of feelings. Therefore, the feelings not always change when you decided to forgive, right? And a lot of people want to forgive when they feel like it, but that's not how it works. You choose to forgive, right? Because God said that, and you put your faith in him, and then we do the rest of the work. So today we're doing the rest of the work. Who wants to do the rest of the work with me? Okay. So let me explain to you a little bit of how, oh, before I go into this, um, forgiving yourself. I needed to say that, and we talked about that on, on Tuesday. But if you think that, 
you are okay because you forgive everybody, but you're hardest on yourself. Let me tell you, that's still not okay. Because when you're hard on yourself and you haven't forgiven yourself and you're just, you know, and this goes to a lot of firstborn perfectionists, you know, analytical people that like, it's okay to be that. It's okay, you know, to have those strengths of, of being really accurate and really perfectionist. But let me tell you, if you don't forgive yourself and you're hard on yourself, it's the same as if you didn't forgive somebody else. To God, there's no difference because you have no right to not forgive yourself. When you don't forgive yourself, you're putting yourself above God and saying, ah, you're really nice to me, God, but, you know, I have a higher judgment than you do. I have a higher standard than you do. And that's a dangerous place to put yourself in, right? Like, you have a higher standard than God. You're a, you're a stricter judge than God, so therefore you're not going to forgive yourself. Should we keep going? So forgive yourself because you're just bounding yourself when you don't forgive yourself. You can't move forward if you continue to look in the rearview mirror. He says, all things have passed away. Everything has been made new, right? Okay. So I want to make sure. And if you have a hard time forgiving yourself, at the end of service, when we have prayer up here, just come up here and we'll pray with you. Because let me tell you something else. Uh, people that are really hard on themselves many times think that, okay, I'm not harming anybody. Because I'm just being hard on me. Let me tell you something. We can all feel it. We can all feel it. You affect the people around you too. You're like, oh, but I'm not being mean to them. I'm not unforgiving to them. It's just, you know, I'm just hard on myself. You're so hard on yourself, you change the environment around you. Not for the good. Okay, so... Forgiving yourself, very important. Okay, so now I, I want to move into this part, um, which is the, I call it supernatural healing of the heart, okay? So I'm going to give you a little bit of context of how the brain works, okay? When you have a traumatic experience, um, it affects you in your brain, okay? Uh, when you have an offense, it affects you in your brain. It says reaction is key. Say with me, reaction is key, Okay. Your reaction will determine what your body produces and what happens inside your brain. You know, there's, there's, there's a lot of things um, uh, that we're not going to get into that I, I've taught before about, about epigenetics and, um, and then how uh, the brain is also malleable. The brain is not static. Some people used to think that the brain never changed. It was just static. But then they discovered and actually neuroplasticity says that the brain changes. So every thought you have is actually changing the physiological the physiology of your brain so your thoughts shape your brain and when you start studying the brain and realizing all this stuff you you go out wow, the bible is literal be transformed by the renewing of your mind it's not just some spiritual thing it's a literal thing that is happening inside of your brain so renewing your 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 mind right you do that with thoughts so every thought, I want you to know this, every thought, it's either strengthening or weakening a mentality. Every thought you have is either strengthening an argument that you have inside of you or weakening another one. Like when you prove yourself right and you go, oh, I was right. I was right. I suck at this. I was right. You know, bad things come in two or three or whatever you said, right? So, so every thought is strengthening a mindset 
or weakening another one. And so the brain is very malleable. So when you have an offense, okay, or when you have an injustice that happens to you, or when you have a traumatic experience of abuse, okay, it actually affects your brain. And it's like a wound. Okay, and I'm going to give you an example. This, this is a super big topic, and I've taught on it in the past, um, but that's not where I want to go today. It's not where I want to spend all the time today. So let's say that um, you came out of um, a verbally abusive relationship, okay? That is, that ex, that, that's an experience of trauma, okay? And that trauma causes a wound in your brain, okay? Like a ditch. Think of it as a ditch, okay? And, um, and what happens is that that wound is still there. So whenever you think around that person or that situation, your mind and your thoughts are going to focus on that wound because it's a ditch. Any of you ever been driving and then it's a dirt road and then there's like a, like a ditch on the side and you're tired, you catches it and then it throws you on there like you were on our railroad tracks, right? You know what I'm talking about, right? And it's like if you catch that, then you, your car goes into it automatically, right? And that's what happens in your brain. So let's say that I had a wonderful year for 10, a wonderful relationship for 10 years. But on year 10, something happened, a lot of offense, a lot of verbal attacks, a lot of just like very stressful situation with this person, right? And we ended up like destroying the relationship and never talking to each other again, okay? And so... What happened is you had 10 years of good relationship, good friendship, and then you had a one experience that was like, like a crater, like a, like a ditch, just a deep wound, okay? And now, every time you think about that person, you go into the ditch. You don't think about 10 years of great relationship. You think about one day or one week of traumatic experiences with that person. Is that true? Why? Because that traumatic experience created a wound in your brain. And your thoughts take the path of least resistance. The brain is lazy. <laughs> your thoughts will take the path of least resistance, which means that, see, people don't take the fastest road to, to anywhere. You don't take the fastest road to church. You take the paved road. True, right? Because the fastest way to get someplace is just a straight line. But there's no straight line to most places you want to go to. So you take the paved road, right? You don't go over houses and yards and things like that. You go wherever is paved. See, your brain also creates lanes, okay? Your, br your brain creates pathways. And so, I hope I'm not losing you here, but... What happens in a traumatic situation is that, I don't know how many of you have had this, but when you, when you had this fight with this person, this big blow up, okay, this like thing that changed everything. Has anybody ever had something like that, okay, or, or seen something like that? Okay, so when that happens, you find yourself, what, meditating a lot about it, right? A lot of what? Thoughts. Say with me, thoughts. And we just said that every thought that you have will either strengthen or weaken a mentality or a path in this way, okay? So you find yourself, I mean, you can't even sleep 
how could they do that? I can't believe they did that. They're, they're so horrible. Like, I give them so many years of my life. You know, I've done this and I've done that. And that. what are we doing? Thoughts, thoughts, thoughts that are what? They're strengthening or they're building a six-lane highway to the offense. Okay? And it's also weakening the relationship highway that you had towards that person. So your brain, every time you think about that person, every time you think about that situation, it starts taking the path of least resistance. The six-lane highway to offense. And it's actually something that has happened in your brain, that has been wired in your brain, and it's growing every time you have one of those thoughts. I mean, I know all of you, or a lot of you, are thinking about this right now, right? So, we made a two-lane highway to the good 10 years that we had, but we created a six-lane highway to the traumatic experience of one day or one week or whatever it was. So, it's, it's happened inside of you. You're set up for it. See, the Bible clearly tells us, like, you know, our thoughts are very important. It says, take, our, take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. In other words, thoughts are always building stuff. Good stuff and bad stuff. You know, I, I, was, I was with the youth on Wednesday night, and we, uh, we talked about resistance. And I said, if you resist evil, you'll get spiritually stronger, right? Resistance builds muscle. Resistance builds your, you know, your, your strength. So the more you resist, right, what's resisting? Many times resisting is in the mind, right? Don't let your mind go there. Because why? Because it'll ruin your day. And the Bible tells us, take your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. You know, the brain has something amazing. It's called the MAP, where basically what it means is you can step outside of your brain and look at your thoughts and see what you're thinking. Be like, why am I thinking that? And have you ever, ever done that? Because you know why we can do that? I mean, spiritually speaking, we can do that because we are not our thoughts. We're not our feelings. We're not our emotions. We're not our body. We're a spirit who has a soul who lives in a body. We're a spirit. That's where the life is. It's in the spirit. You can have a perfectly healthy body. If there's no spirit, there's no life. Right? So you can step out and be like, hold a moment. Hold on. Why am I feeling that? Why am I thinking that? But in the same way, that's, that's what Evolve says. You can take your thoughts captive. In other words, you can stop them. You can be like, why am I going down this path? Why am I going down this path again? So you take those thoughts and you say, no. Because 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. So you can control yourself and say, I'm not going to think that. I'm not Why? Because now I know better that these thoughts are building a six-lane highway to bitterness. And I chose to forgive them. Therefore, I need to now set myself up for success so that I don't continue to feel this, feel this bitterness and this anger and this pain and this, and this stuff that I've been experiencing for so long. I need to destroy that six-lane highway and build a new one with healthy thoughts. With God-like thoughts, with thoughts that are obe obeying um, God. Are you with me? 
Am I losing you? Are you good? I think you guys are getting this, right? You're building a six-lane highway somewhere right now. So I have this case against this person, right? And it's like a big one. How do I, how do I bring that down? How do I break that down? Well, first I chose to forgive. And when I choose to forgive, you know, I cut off the chain that ties me to that person. I come out of the prison, right? And I'm set free. But when I think about them, in my brain, I still have a six-lane highway that goes to that time, that situation, that place. So I forgave. Now I need to renew my mind. Romans 12, 2. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay, so by changing our thoughts, by changing the way we think. So when I learned all this stuff about the brain, I was sitting one day in my living room, and the Holy Spirit says, now you need to do this stuff and renew your mind about the people that hurt you and the people that wounded you and the people that you had traumatic situations with. And so the Lord took me to Philippians 4.8. So we're going to go to Philippians 4.8, and that's, that's where we're going to be for the rest of the day. And we're applying this to forgiveness today. Philippians 4, 8, and 9. Let's put it up on the screen when you're ready. Philippians 4, 8, and 9. We're, we're applying this to forgiveness, okay? This is what the Lord showed me. It was about, I think it was two and a half years ago. And I experienced tremendous breakthrough, okay? Um, but you can do this about anything, you know, that's how the brain works. Once you know how the brain works and you realize, well, you know, really, I, it's what the Bible says. It's what the Bible has said all the time. I just didn't take it that literal. But now you know. So, you know, Paul says right here, says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. That's Paul saying. I didn't say one final thing. I'm not done yet. One final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true. Say with me, True honorable and right pure lovely admirable okay say think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise see you know i like when steve backland said you know i'm not just a positive person i am biblically optimistic because a lot of times society kind of you know, looks down on positive people. Oh, you're so positive. You too, you're one of those positive. You just think positive. It's like, it's not just thinking positive. It's actually in the Bible. So I'm biblically optimistic, you know. Like, it's what it says. You know, it says that I have a hope of glory in Christ Jesus. Hope to experience a glorious life in Christ Jesus. It says that he came to give us life and life more abundant. Right? John 10, 10. Like, it's good news. So I am biblically optimistic. Anybody wants to be biblically optimistic with me? Okay, good. So it's telling me, think, like, all of these things are positive. Like, nowhere does it say right there, it's like, only if they possess these qualities, you must think these things about them. No. It says, think about these things. And so when I was reading this, 
after studying all this stuff about the brain and, and learning how my brain's working, what's happening in there, and how, and how important my reaction is, and how important every thought I have is building something or, or weakening something else, like you start being more careful about your thoughts. Like you start being a lot more careful about your thoughts when you know that they're actually building something in there as you think. I'm never going to be able to do that. No, 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 never mind. I will be able to do that. Oh, is that in the Bible? Yeah, I think so, right? Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Oh, check that out again. Man, I think the Bible has every answer that we ever need. And so you start watching every thought because you know every thought has an effect on you. Did you know that 70 to 98% of sickness uh, and chronic disease come from thought life. I'm not joking. I research that a lot. Most sickness comes or is related to one person's thought life. That's why we do this declaration. We want you to be able to believe it in your heart that everywhere you go becomes a perfect health zone. And not just a pretty, ooh, let's say that right now so people come to church and are not, you know. No, I believe that. I believe wherever I go becomes a perfect health zone. Like, that's also in the Bible. It says the kingdom of heaven is within you. And in the kingdom of heaven, there's healing, right? There's no pain, there's no sorrow, there is joy. There is peace. So before we continue on to the second, to verse 9, I want to I tell you something I learned many years ago. I learned that peace, God is shalom, okay? Peace of God brings disorder into order. Anything that is in chaos, it brings order to a situation, right? The kingdom of heaven is peace, joy, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit, right? It's peace. Everything is in order. There's no chaos going on. Do you know what, uh, what cancer is? What are cells doing in cancer? They're attacking each other, right? There's, there's chaos, right? When there's, when there's sickness in your body, we also call it dis-ease because things are not at ease, right? They're in dis-ease. They're not at peace. They're, they're in disorder. There's chaos here. There's chaos there, right? When you have had a, an emotional battle or, a, or a, a traumatic situation, there's no peace in here, right? You're, you're in stress, like level three stress all the time. And you know what that does? It's harming your brain. So the peace of God, the peace is what brings chaos into order. And we sing that song, peace, bring it all to peace. Storm surrounding me, right? Let it break at your name. And we speak to chaos, right? And we speak peace into chaos. What did Jesus do when he was on the boat sleeping? And the disciples are like, oh, we're going to die. Jesus is like, you guys can't be without me for five minutes. All right, wakes up from the nap. And what does he say to the storm? Peace. peace. Say with me, peace. peace. He says, peace be still. You know why Jesus could release peace into the storm? Because peace was inside of him, right? 
peace. And what happened? Peace brought the chaos into order. A lot of times when we pray for the sick, we command the peace of God into their bodies, into their organs. Why? Because the peace of God brings everything that is in chaos, it brings it into peace. It brings it back into order. Okay? So a lot of people have chaos in their minds, in their brains, and their thoughts are running rampant. Crazy, right? Stress all the time because of the things that they're thinking. What do they need? Peace, right? Because peace will bring everything again into order. How it should be. The way that it was originally created to be. Okay? So if I have a wound, I have a ditch in my brain, right? Of a wound that happened of a traumatic experience, of unforgiveness, of bitterness, of anger or something, the peace of God, right, will bring it, will heal him. Like, like the peace of God brings healing. And things that aren't in order, it brings them back into order. So I was in my living room and I was, I was reading and studying all this, right, and I'm thinking, now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts. See, why would Paul have to tell us what to think on? Well, the reason why is because we automatically will think on random things or things that we're not controlling necessarily like here he's telling us you have a spirit of power love and self-control you can tell yourself what to think you can capture your thoughts right you can tell your soul even king david knew this right oh my soul why are you downcast what are you thinking why are you feeling this you know it's not crazy people that talk to themselves it's actually really really smart and successful people that talk to themselves King David knew this, and Paul knew this too. And so he's like, hey, here's a tip. You need, to tell what, you need to tell yourself what to think, because your thoughts are where trouble starts. Take your thoughts captive. To what? To the obedience of Christ. To what the Word says. To what God says about you. And so I was doing this, right? I'm like, okay, think on everything that is true honorable right pure lovely admirable think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise i want to think on these things and then verse 9 says keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me everything you heard from me and saw me doing and watch this it says then say with me then the god of peace say with me peace okay will be with you and so the holy spirit told me said you need to do this about the people that hurt you and I was like, wait, what? Like, you want me to go back to verse 8. You want me to think uh, true about that person? Everything that is true about that person? I don't even think there's one bone of truth in that person's body. You want me to think about everything that is honorable? There's nothing honorable about their life. You want me to think about everything that is right and pure and lovely? and There's nothing to admire about this, this person. And then the Holy Spirit reminded me, he's like, well, don't, don't you guys teach about finding the golden people? I'm like, what? <laughs> about seeing people through God's eyes? I'm like, oh. I'm like, God, you're preaching at me? <laughs> and it says, think on these things, everything that is excellent and worthy of praise. And he goes, about that person that hurt you. And I was like. All right, time to go to work, you know? I was like, I'm late. I'll talk to you another day, Holy Spirit. No. 
And, uh, and he said, you watch, because when you do this, then, then what happens is the end of verse 9. It says, the God of peace will be with you. Then, after you've done these things, you will experience peace. And I was like, I'm like, what is going to happen? That means I'm going to experience, experience the peace of God over this situation with this person if I think these things about this person. Oh my God, do you really like to make things hard? He's like, no, Jesus did the hard things. This isn't hard. You're just prideful and stubborn. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And so I sat there on my couch and I was, I was like, okay, we're going to do this, you know. And it, every situation is different. You might need to get creative sometimes. Sometimes really creative. I know some, some of you are like starting to squirm. But I did, you know. And every situation was different. But I started thinking about all the good times, all the good things. You know, one of these was a friend who stole me $5,000, you know. And I was like, I forgive him because I'm a pastor. But, you know, <laughs> I don't want to see him. I don't want to talk to him. I have nothing good to say about him, you know. <laughs> Sorry, we're being a little real here. That's what the Bible tells me to do, right? But, and so I sat there and I started thinking, you know, every good thing, every honorable thing, every admirable thing. And so I started actually going back in history to the good old times. And the Holy Spirit started reminding me of the good memories that I had with this person, of all the times that we laughed together, and all the times that he helped me move in the summer, and all the times that he gave me a good word of advice, and all the times that this and that happened, and that we just had a good time, right? And I started thinking on everything that is good, and is admirable, and is worthy of praise, and is excellent. And I, I just, and guess what? My mind, that's why God gave us a spirit of power, love, and self-control. Because your mind wants to go on the six-lane highway and be like, but, but, but remember that, right? Because it's fresh. A lot of times it's really fresh still, right? Most of the times it's the last thing that happened with that person. And you've been building, I mean, like, like a 202 highway, right? Like there's HOV lanes and all kinds of lanes. And it's got, you know, it's got more, you know, incoming and like, it's just, it's a big one. So you sit there and you tell yourself what to think about this situation and about this person and you continue to do it, right? Until when? Until you feel the peace of God come on you. Until verse 9 happens. And for me, it was about 15 minutes. And let me tell you, those 15 minutes feel like six hours, right? Because your mind, you want to start justifying too. And, and you start having this conversation you know, and rehashing the issue. And why do I need to do this? Why do I need to do that? Well, I was there about 15 minutes, and it was in my early morning time. Nobody else was up. And as I, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm building something. I'm really building something, and I'm really getting good at resisting, you know, resisting the, the, the devil's thoughts, the, the highway that I had built, resisting that and coming back to it. And, and all of a sudden, I felt like the Holy Spirit, like I haven't in years. And it, was, it felt like a cloud just dropped from heaven right there where I was. And it was like, poof, and it covered me. And I started crying. I'm like, what is happening? Like, like seriously, this just happened? Like, the peace of God just, like, complete, like came into me. And I almost felt 
as if the Holy Spirit had taken a, a wipe and wiped that wound in my brain away. And I felt, I felt, 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 physically felt healing happen in my heart and in my mind. And it was like something lifted completely. And that was the one step healing program that happened to me, you know, because people say it takes years. Oh, little by little. You know why it takes years? Because you don't do the hard work. Because you have good days and bad days, you go, well, it's justified. Well, I have the right to keep this on. So, you know, today I'm going to talk smack about them. And, and I have an opportunity with this person that doesn't know them yet. So I'm going to tell them about this person and this thing that happened to me, right? But what you're doing there is, again, you're working against that new healthy thought. And you're reinforcing the wound. You're, re, you know, digging the ditch. And so you stick it out until you feel the peace of God come on you. And you'll feel healing about it, right? And so I'm going to tell you the last thing that happened. I have three minutes. And then I'm going to pray with you. This doesn't always have to happen. But I want you to know how powerful it was. Because in this case, um, there was restoration. So about a week later, I'm sitting in a restaurant. I haven't seen this person in three, four years, right? I'm sitting in a restaurant and all of a sudden um, the waiter comes and says, your, your bill's been paid. I'm like, what? I'm like, who, who did it? He's like that guy that's walking in the parking lot. And I look over and I'm like, that's him. <laughs> I'm like, that is, that's him over there, right? And and I'm I'm thinking there for a minute. I'm like, you know, normally I wouldn't, I wouldn't even care. Like, I'd just be like, oh, okay, why? I don't want to see them. But I, I felt such healing in my heart that I went out, ran after them, gave them a big hug. He starts crying. His dad is right there from out of town. You know, his dad is sick. He had to go into the hospital. So I got to pray with him. Then his dad goes into the hospital. He's completely healed. And God did a miracle. So it's like, it's like all these things started happening because I chose to lay down my pride, right, and say, not only do I forgive him from this place, because see, sometimes us Christians, we forgive from this place of, I forgive thee, trash. I've forgiven them, you know? And we still have this horrible story about them. My, and, it's, and it's probably a true story, right? It's probably things that they really did. But this wasn't that. And then there was restoration, and there was healing, and there was miracles. There was things that God wanted to do. Sometimes you won't see this person ever again, but you will. Here's the thing when you do this, you will experience healing because the word of God is true and it never comes back void and it's powerful. So, when you do this and you choose, okay, you know, my dad hurt me, my mom hurt me, my, you know, this person abandoned me. Oh, so I never even met my dad. How am I supposed to think anything good about him? You know, I told you sometimes you have to get creative and you're like, well, thanks for the seat, dad. I'm here. So the point is, our healing is up to us. The Holy Spirit will come, right? But this is how it works. It's not because we discovered this scientifically. It's because it was in the Word from the very beginning. And when you choose to do the Word and apply it to every area of your life, you're going to experience healing. You're going to experience restoration, right? 
And, you, and you're like, well, I hate myself. Well, there you go. You got to start thinking everything that is good about you, everything that is honorable, everything that is worthy of praise, everything that is excellent. Yes. Because then you start changing your view of you to God's view of you. I want God's view of me. Because his view of me is better than mine. Close your eyes. Let's pray. And I want to I wanna give you a couple minutes here. And this is not going to happen a couple. It might happen. You know, maybe there's, depending on the wound, you know, depending on the hurt, depending on the pain, depending on the trauma. Some, some things happened for a period of years and years. Some of these things happened through your whole childhood. Some of these things happened maybe it was just a one-year situation. Regardless of how long it happened, regardless of how deep the wound is, the Bible is telling us, when you choose to forgive, now you go and you change your thoughts about this person. You change your thoughts about the situation. You have a spirit of power, love, and self-control. Say, I am powerful. See, you're powerful because God gave you a spirit of power. Not on your own account. So you're powerful to control your thoughts and say, you know what? No, I'm no longer going to think that about that person. I'm going to think about the one good thing. If it's one good thing, then that's the thing I'm going to focus. I'm going to say, they're, they're amazing. They're so good. They're so loving. They're so, you know, those years were amazing. You know, hey, maybe it's an ex husband or an ex-wife you know you think you'll go back to your courtship if you have to if it's the only good thing you have you know if you have kids you go back to those kids that you got out of that marriage if it's you know whatever it is you go back to that and you meditate on that and you tell yourself I'm only going to think and what Philippians 4 8 is telling me to think about this person about this thing about the situation until I experience the peace of God that comes and heals these wounds so that I never ever have to experience bitterness about this situation again so that I am completely healed, so that I am whole for the people around me too. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now, and I ask you, would you help us? Would you give us grace? Would you show us when, how, and what things to think about the people that have hurt us, the people that put us through traumatic situations maybe we know them maybe they're still in our lives maybe they're not in our lives anymore but holy spirit we want to be whole we want to carry joy and we want to carry peace so whether it's against us or against somebody else i pray holy spirit you would show us and you would help us to do this whether it's today tonight or tomorrow morning that we would no longer carry these things in our heart we choose to cultivate our heart. We want a healthy heart. We want a healthy mind. We will take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ Jesus. So I want to encourage some of you as, with your eyes closed just for a moment. As you're thinking of this stuff, you know, when we're done praying, um, I'm going to ask the prayer team to come up front. If you need prayer, you need help too, you know, for any of this, just come up front. But this is mostly something that will happen on your personal time with God. If it's something you started right now, that, that's fine. You can be there as long as you need. But I encourage you to write some things down. Whatever the Holy Spirit brings, you know, write it on your phone, write it on a piece of paper, and, and start doing this exercise. 
And it's not something you just want to do every day. It's something you want to sit down and do until you feel the peace of God come over you and heal you from that six-lane highway that you built towards bitterness about that person or that situation. Then you'll be fully healed. It's not a 40-year process. It's not an onion you have to peel a month at a time. It's something you choose to do and be set free completely from. So God, I thank you. I thank you that you're working in people's hearts, in people's minds. I thank you, Jesus, that you did the hard work. You did the hard work for us already. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord praise if you got anything out of this today, amen. James, would you come up here, please? Prayer team, come up front.